Well, good morning. It's great to see you here today. Thanks for braving the cold. Uh, it's nice and warm outside. It's actually 112 degrees. So, now see, if it was 112 degrees, you'd be like, oh, it's so hot outside, right? You're like me, not quite content. Oh, well, that has nothing to do. Again, the people with the script are going, where is he? He's not on the script. Well, I just made that up. Sorry. My name's Steve Murphy. <clears throat> Sorry. My name's Steve Murphy. I'm one of the ministers here at Discover. I want to thank you for being here today. If you are a guest, we want to say thanks for coming. Uh, we'd love to hear a little bit more about who you are, um, tell you a little bit more about Discover, give you a free gift so you can just go out into the lobby right out there and uh, to your right, and there's a place where there are people there to meet you and just say hello. So uh, feel free to do that. Um, we are digging into the book of Philippians this month. So if you have a Bible, turn to the book of Philippians. We're going to be in chapter 1 and chapter 2 today. If you don't have a Bible, then uh, again, in the lobby we have those for free. Just pick one up. And uh, some people will have their Bible printed like this. Some people will have their Bible like this. They're both Bibles. It's the Word of God either way, so it's all good. Um, if you do see somebody texting, that's probably not the right thing there. So anyway, all right. Uh, <laughs> More than 40 years ago, uh, Dr. Heimlich invented a, uh, a maneuver to allow people to uh, be saved, that people who were choking um, could then have life because the, the, the thing that they were choking on would be expelled and they'd be able to breathe. I don't know if you know this, but last year uh, in May, for the very first time, he got a chance to use that himself. Dr. Heimlich saved someone's life, a lady at, uh, at the, the senior home where he and she lived um, at, at lunch. He saw her choking, and she was 87 years old, and uh, he went over and did the Heimlich maneuver um, and uh, saved her life. That was really cool. Um, and he, he passed away last month in December, um, himself at the age of 96. But because of this maneuver that he came up with, over 100,000 people, and that's just an estimate because who knows who's done it and it's not reported. Like, I literally saved my dog's life using the Heimlich Maneuver. Not making that up. True story. Uh, later on, we thought, why did I do that? This dog was horrible. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <clears throat> so, but uh, you can do it on a dog. I was like, boop, boop, and, it, and he did, and he's breathing. And he lived for like eight years after that. But how many people have been saved? At least 100,000 because of the Heimlich Maneuver. And if you've ever been choking, you know, oh man, when you finally can breathe again, how wonderful that is. And, and here's the problem. I think a lot of us in, in life today and the stress that we have and the struggles that we have and the, the chaos and the, just the, the busyness um, and the burdens, sometimes it just feels like, I, I can't breathe. I just can't breathe. And the good news is God has some help for us. And again, we find it in the book of Philippians. So uh, last week, just to review a little bit, we, we talked about how uh, one of the things that helps us to breathe is to be connected with other people. We need to be connected with people. We need to be connected with God. And ways that we can do that are through this, through a worship service, through a life group, through a smaller group like a discipleship group. Um, and opportunities to serve, those are all ways that we can be connected to God and other people. Um, and there are some upcoming opportunities for you to connect with go both God and people that are really significant. Just again, uh, ladies, really, really, really encourage you to say yes to the IF gathering that's going to be here. Um, it's fantastic. It's a great opportunity to get closer to God and to build some relationships with people that will not only last for the if gathering, but they will last into 
the future. Fantastic stuff. Married couples. We're going to have a, a couple's marriage retreat coming up as well. Great opportunity for you to connect with your spouse and to connect with God. So please take advantage of these opportunities as they come up. Um, we also saw last week that part of our connection with God and with people is prayer. Prayer gives us an opportunity to grow, to be more connected with God and with the people around us. And uh, we've just been working on our core values here, and one of them is about prayer, and this is what we, we have. We believe things of lasting value are accomplished because they are bathed in prayer. Prayer is foundational to our relationship with God. Through personal and corporate prayer, we offer praise, express our concerns, ask for wisdom, and for God's will to be done. God moves in response to our united and personal prayer. And again, tonight, you will have an opportunity to be engaged in prayer with other people. Um, and some groups, they don't pray out loud. There's no pressure to do any of that. You can even pray by yourself if you want to do that. Um, but come here at 6 o'clock, and we'll have a meal together, and then we will go, and we're just going to pray throughout the building um, for the ministries of Discover, not only here, but throughout the world. So we encourage you to be a part of that. So connecting with God and with people is a really, really helpful thing to allow us to breathe. Another thing that helps us to breathe is just to live a healthy spiritual life. And that's what we're going to dig into today. And the passage we're going to look at is, is pretty long, so hang in there with me. And I'm using the New Living Translation today. Pretty typically we use the New International Version. That's kind of what I grew up with. Um, but sometimes it's helpful to hear it in a different version so that it just sounds fresher, because after a while, sometimes it just becomes almost rote to us. So we're going to use the New Living Translation today. Um, and again, just hang in. Uh, it's a long text, but there are some really good things in here about our spiritual health. So Philippians chapter 1, we're going to start at verse 27. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then, whether I come to see you again, or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved, even by God himself. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I am still in the midst of it. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and one purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for, their, or for your own interests, but take an interest in others as well. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Even though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God, and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, 
every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions, even or when I was with you, and now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and power to do what pleases him. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then, on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. Well, there is a lot of stuff in there. Um, that could be like several series in and of itself. But today I just want us to see that there's one thing that sort of ties all of that healthy living together. All that spiritual health is tied together by this basic concept that we need to be like Jesus. Spiritually healthy people live like Jesus. And we find out about how Jesus lived from the Bible. So we, so we need to be nourished by the word. But I don't know if you're like me, sometimes um, I can do spiritually what I do physically, which is I eat and eat and consume and consume, and I never exercise. Now, I know in January everybody's doing well, right? You know, yeah, I'm eating well and I'm exercising. But spiritually we can do that very same thing. We can just continue to take in and take in and take in and we don't exercise our faith. And several years ago, Amy Grant sang a song called Fat Baby, Fat Little Baby. And uh, giving credit, Rodney Robison and Steve Milliken wrote the words. And uh, it's kind of a little ditty, basically. But um, pay attention to the words, because this is pretty compelling stuff. So. I know a man, maybe you know him too. You never can tell he might even be you He knelt at the altar and that was the end He saved and that's all that matters to him His spiritual tummy, it can't take too much One day a week he gets a spiritual brunch On Sunday he puts on his spiritual best And gives his language a spiritual rest He's just a fat, he's just a fat little baby Wow, wow, wow once his bottle and he don't mean maybe He sampled solid food once or twice But he says doctrine leaves him cold as ice And he goes on from there So, oh, thank you, thank you But he goes on from there, or the song goes on from there To just talk about this reality that so many of us Just take in and take in and take in And we do not exercise our faith And it makes us fat And I know this is true spiritually I also know it's true physically Because I weigh today I think more than I ever have in my life And it's disgusting So I need to, to work I need to take in the right things And I need to exercise And uh, it's exactly the same thing That we need to do spiritually So there's got to be something better than that Than living as a fat consumer spiritually Right? There just has to be some way to live that's better than that And there is And we just read about it and so what we're going to do is we're going to go back and we're just simply going to take the same text that we read and we're going to put together a list. And in this list, we're just going to point out things that Paul said. 
If you're going to live like Jesus, this, this is how you should be. This is how you should live. These are things you should do. These are things you should not do. And my, my goal for this list, for my life and for yours too, is that there would be one thing that God really presses into our hearts this morning and says, you know, this is an area where you need to live more like Jesus. Now, if you're like me, you're going to find uh, uh, that you just, uh, you know, you connect with a lot of these. It's not just going to be one. But the goal is that you would find one specific thing, that God would find one specific thing and, and again, speak to your spirit and say, this is where I need you to focus. So that's the goal. All right, so we're going to make this list, and then we're going to do just one, just briefly talk about maybe a way that that can improve because the goal isn't just to point out the challenge. The the goal is to point out how God will help us with it. So we're going to do all that. All right, so let's go through this list. And uh, again, this is just exactly from what we read. So this is how spiritually healthy people should live, people that live like Jesus. Spiritually healthy people live as citizens of heaven, not of earth. And they live in a manner that is worthy of the good news of Jesus. Living that way means you impact the world. And here are just a couple of things that help us with that. Let me just share one brief story. This is from our our recent Discover 100 um, that we did over the the Christmas and uh, Christmas season. This person uh, was, we always ask everybody to report back what they've done, and this is just one of those stories. It says, our life group leader informed us that the church had given him money for our group to go and bless people via the Discover 100 program. We decided that we would pray about it and then discuss ideas. As I prayed, I found myself driving down the freeway towards the office when God put it on my heart that maybe the single mom with two kids who works at the deli right next to my office might be someone we could really bless. I visited with her boss, the owner of the deli. I told her my idea, and she said, that would be really awesome. When I came into the office the next day, I went over to the deli and told the single mom that I wanted to bless her on behalf of our church, on behalf of God. And I gave her the envelope with the cash in it. Tears started to well up in her eyes, and she gave me a big hug. Later on in the day, I ran into her, and she thanked me again and gave me another big hug. She said, looking down at her shoes, I've had to use Gorilla Glue three times on my tennis shoes to keep them secure so that my feet uh, wouldn't get wet. And now (laughs) I'm going to be able to take some of the money that you blessed me with and buy a pair of new tennis shoes. I couldn't believe it. I saw her after the holidays, and I must say, she looks outstanding in her new shoes. So thanks, you blessed the person in a very tangible way. We, we also have uh, ministry partners. Um, we call them global outreach partners. They're local. They're throughout the United States. Um, they're throughout the world. And uh, as most of you know, recently um, following the, the hurricane in Haiti, <clears throat> our church felt a burden to do something. And there were parts of Haiti that no one had been to. And so we sent some people in. And uh, you're going to hear more about what happened there Um, And the good news is, uh, not only were they taking in physical things, they were taking in the good news of Jesus and partnering with the Haitian church and with Haitian Christians and with Lifeline Christian Mission to distribute those things to make a difference in people's lives. But let me just share a a few basics of of the team. They traveled uh, 
almost 1,000 miles, 952 miles, um, and it took 45 hours to travel that, that mileage. And I got my calculator out, and that means they averaged about 21 miles an hour. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in any vehicle for 45 hours, but going 21 miles an hour through bumpy, dirty, windy roads would make it even worse. They also traveled 16 miles on a boat. They distributed 240 pounds of beans and 240 bottles of oil. They distributed 320 tin roof sheets um, that were purchased there in Haiti and distributed those. And then they also bought 500 more sheets from the local supplier, helping the Haitian economy, gave them to the ministries there so that they could distribute those to people in need. They also left um, money with those Haitian leaders so that they could buy things to meet the needs of the Haitian people. So that's just another way um, that so many of you contributed to making a, a positive difference. Um, and again, not just physical. There's a lot of spiritual stuff that happened through that as well. Um, another way that you can make a really tangible difference is we have an upcoming blood drive. We do it twice a year with the Red Cross, once in January, once in August. Uh, it's a really simple way to simply and literally give life to somebody. And what's cool is you have an opportunity to talk to those people um, from the Red Cross. And they are always very impressed with the way that our church is so gracious and, and compassionate. And I always ask the person, what's going on in your life? Is there anything I can pray about? You can just really make some good connections there as well. But we'd love for you to do that. If you've never given blood, <clears throat> you have an opportunity to do that. If, if you can't give blood for some reason, we also need people to just come and volunteer and say, yeah, I'd be willing to help, um, you know, hand out stuff and put people in the right places and just do whatever it takes organizationally. So um, those are some really tangible ways that you can get involved in. There are so many more, but I just wanted to point a few of those that are, are right in front of us right now. Because spiritually healthy people... They share how Jesus can make a difference, how, how he changes lives physically, emotionally, relationally, financially, and especially spiritually. Additionally, spiritually healthy people, returning to our list, they aren't intimidated by their spiritual enemies, and they embrace suffering and struggle as a what? Read it with me. As a... That's what I do, struggle and suffering. Oh, baby, I'm so excited. What a privilege. But people who are spiritually healthy know that struggle and even persecution and suffering can be catalysts for growth. Last week we saw that um, Paul and his, his traveling partner in ministry, Silas, were in prison and while they were in prison, they sang songs of praise to God, and God brought an earthquake, um, and all the prisoners, uh, their bonds were released, but none of them took off. And because of that, the jailer came to faith, and his whole family came to faith and became followers of Jesus. And the church in Philippi was strengthened, and that happened because Paul and Silas were in jail. And the, the very letter, Philippians, was written when Paul was in jail. At another occasion, people throughout history have used, God has used people throughout history 
to, to write things from prison of significance. Today, more Christians are persecuted than ever in history. That's just fact. But what's really incredible is that when these persecuted Christians are, are asked, you know, what would you like us to pray for? Their response is almost always this. Don't pray so much for my release or my freedom or for the persecution to end. As you would pray for me to be faithful to God and to be grateful that I have this opportunity to share Jesus with people in this situation. It's incredible. Well, as the list continues, we see how spiritually healthy people interact with others. Spiritually healthy people agree with others. They show love, and they work together. Spiritually healthy people are not selfish. Spiritually healthy people don't try to impress others. Spiritually healthy people aren't proud. Spiritually healthy people look out for the interests of others. You know, it's amazing what can be done if you really don't care who gets the credit for it. And spiritually healthy people do that. They work together. They want God to get the glory. And if someone else gets the glory besides them, they, they don't care at all. It's irrelevant. Spiritually healthy people don't spend money that they don't have to impress people that don't care anyway. Spiritually healthy people invest time and resources in things that last forever, people and the relationship that they have with God. The list continues. Chapter 2, verse 5. Spiritually healthy people have the attitude of Jesus. And in a lot of your Bibles, there will be kind of a, a setting apart. These verses, verses 5 through 11, are kind of set apart. They look a little different. Um, and that's because the best, uh, best information is that they believe that this section was used as a worship song in the early church, a song of praise about Jesus and what he did and who he was and how we need to be like him. And again, we learn about Jesus from the Bible, and we learn throughout the Word, but especially in the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which are the stories of when Jesus walked on earth. So we need to study the, the Bible, and then we need to live it out. Spiritually healthy people don't cling to position, power, or privilege. Spiritually healthy people are obedient, and spiritually healthy people show the results of being saved. Now, if you have this attitude that I've had at times where you say, you know, I'm sorry, that's not really my job. Um, that's not my responsibility. Someone else can do that. Um, you know, I'm, I've, I used to have to do that stuff, but now I've elevated to a higher place. I don't have to do that anymore. If you ever had that attitude, um, you just need to get over yourself. You really do. Jesus didn't have that attitude. And we need to see our life as a ministry, not a position. Or, or if we go to school, it's not that we're going to school. It's that we have a ministry. And the people around us are an opportunity for us to show Jesus to them. We need to show results of being saved. Share the good news of Jesus. Let people know 
that he's, he's good and he's real. This one's going to hit some of us like a two-by-four. I know it does me. Spiritually healthy people don't argue or complain. If you argue and complain, it just shows that you're a spiritually fat little baby. That's all you are. I'm just telling you, telling me that's true. If you're spiritually healthy, you don't argue. You don't complain. You just say, okay, I'll move on. And what's really amazing is Paul says when you don't argue and you don't complain, then you can't be criticized. The idea of this is not to have handles, and trust me, I know what handles are, but not to have handles so no one can grab a hold of that and say, yeah, this person, they, they pretend, but you know, they're always arguing, they're always complaining, they always look at the negative side of things. Paul says, don't live that way. Live in a way that's clean. Be innocent. Be pure. Don't give people handles to grab onto you. And when you live in that kind of a way that's positive, then you are shining the light of Jesus. And then it says, cling to the word of life. Spiritually healthy people dig into the word. And again, that not only comes into them, but it goes back out as they love people, as they serve people, as they share the good news of Jesus. And I'm just adding something that's not listed, and I'm not adding this as like this should have been in the list of the Word of God. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when we read the Word of God, this last one is really important. Because it's kind of common for us to read something and say, oh, yeah, Bill sure needs to know about that. I wish Sally was reading this. I think I will share this with her and tell her that God said she needs to be like this. You know? I don't know if you've ever done that. I've just heard that it can happen. But I can be that way. I can be judgmental. When we read the Word of God, we need to see how it applies to us. We need to let the Holy Spirit deal with us. If you read something and you think it's for somebody else and not you, that's probably a sign that you're not very spiritually healthy. Let the Word of God speak to you about your life and your story. Now, being spiritually healthy takes a lot of effort. It's like being physically healthy. You have to take in the right things, and you have to do exercise, right? You have to exercise that. And it's not a coincidence that the word disciple and discipline are almost identical. There's a reason for that. It's hard work, but it's worth it. And again, in case some of you are thinking, I thought we didn't earn our salvation. This is not about earning your salvation. This is written to people who are already saved. He's saying, show the results of your faith, of your salvation. Chapter 2, verse 12. So it's hard work, but it's worth it. And there's some really good news. Some really good news. Spiritually healthy people understand that they can't do this on their own. They don't even try to do this alone. Spiritually healthy people partner with God because it's not all on you. This is God's work, and he invites you and me to join him. And this is a principle we see throughout the Bible. Um, for example, in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says this, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, 
and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Some of you are just carrying stuff. You got these burdens, and they're heavy. And you walk around with them all the time. And it's hard. And you feel constrained, and you feel constricted, and you feel like you cannot breathe. And the good news is, Jesus says, you don't have to do that. He says, come to me with your burdens and give them to me, and I will give you rest. And it's amazing how much lighter that feels, how much more freeing that is. But I do think if you're like me, at times we're fine with the first part. We're fine with verse 28, but not so much with verse 29. Jesus says, I will give you rest. I'll take your burdens. And then he says, I'm going to give you something as well. His yoke. It's the picture of like two oxen being connected. And he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle. I'm humble. But having the yoke of Jesus is beneficial. And remember, it's his yoke. So that means that we go at his pace and we follow his path and it's his plan. And it also means that it's really hard to get away from him. And that's a beautiful thing. Because in the times when we need him most, we're connected. A spiritually healthy person wants to walk with Jesus. So do that. Submit to his path, his, his plan, his purpose, his pace, and you're going to flourish. This is the practical part of this. The list is hard work. The good news is Jesus says, let me partner with you in this. And look again at Philippians 2.13. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. God gives us the desire to do what pleases him. God gives us the power to do what pleases him. Our role is to say yes to the partnership and to follow where he leads and he will give us not only the desire to do what Jesus would do, but the power to do that. And that's very, very good news. So we have a, a God who loves us, a God who is a good father, who cares for us and wants us to flourish in ways that bring honor to him and bring benefit to others as well as us. So I want you to think just real quickly as we close about the one thing. What's that one thing? What's the one thing that isn't so spiritually healthy in your life? And after we sing a song, after we pray, 
if you want to talk more about that or pray about it or if you want to give your life to the Lord for the first time or if you want to say, yeah, Discover is my, my family. I've been here for a while, but I've not made it official. Um, but I'm a follower of Jesus and I've, I've submitted to what he said to do. Um, we'd love to talk with you more about that or pray about that. But right now, we're going to pray about the one thing and then we're going to sing Give Thanks to Our Good Father. God, we confess that sometimes our spiritual health isn't really that great. Um, sometimes we've just consumed and consumed, but we haven't exercised our faith in meaningful ways. As each of us think about one specific thing that isn't healthy, we ask that you would give us the desire and the power to follow your plan. Help us to breathe in, to, to build our spiritual health through your word and through your Holy Spirit, through prayer and through gathering with others. And help us to breathe out. Give us opportunities to share our faith, to exercise our faith um, this week, even today. And thank you, God, for being our good, good Father. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's stand.